Respected brothers and all those who are listening over the receivers, all praises from Allah wa ta'ala, peace, blessings, salutations, we have one of the Master Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We are indeed extremely fortunate that Allah wa ta'ala has once again afforded us the opportunity uh, of hosting a very senior alim, a very senior scholar, you know, from Durban who needs no introduction, who is the brother of our late husband, Mulay Yusbidal sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so we make dua to the Almighty Allah, grant us the tawfiq and the ability. Inshallah, we listen attentively and we invite the advisors that is upon Allah. Inshallah, we give us Inshallah. <coughs> Alhamdulillah, 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 اللهم إني أعوذ بك من علم لا ينفع ومن قلب لا يخشع ومن نفس لا تشبع ومن دعاء لا يستجاب له أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Allah Kiram, brothers and elders This dunya, this world that you are living in is a place of test Allah Ta'ala has put us in this examination hall that is called dunya and the result will come on the day of Qiyamat that have we passed in this test or have we failed and for those who have passed then is the everlasting bounties of Jannat which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam describes in a hadith from Allah Ta'ala in a hadith Qudsi مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَدْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَدْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرَ أو كَمَا قَالُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that those bounties Allah Ta'ala has kept in Jannat Allah Ta'ala himself says which no eye has seen no ear has heard of no heart can even imagine and conceive in dunya we have many dreams and a person sometimes has so many dreams that if his whole life had to be multiplied 50 times, 100 times also, he still will not be able to achieve all those dreams. So much dreams we have. But in akhirat, a person will not be able to dream enough. What na'mats and bounties Allah Ta'ala will grant in akhirat are beyond his wildest imagination. But the rewards come after the examination has been passed. First a person, a student, slogs, he works hard, he sacrifices, 
he does without many things that he would have wanted to do, wanted to have, but he sacrifices all that and the time comes when eventually he gets his results, gets his marks and now he is jumping for joy. And this is the real success that وَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَازِ the one who has been saved from the fire of Jahannam and he has been entered into Jannat, he is a successful one. Otherwise, a person can have as much as he wants in dunya and no matter how much a person has accumulated, no matter what comforts and bounties he may enjoy, but it will all sooner or later come to an end. One day everyone has to leave everything and go. And when that time comes, then it will be too late to prepare for the everlasting life of the hereafter. Now is the chance, now is the time that Allah Ta'ala has given us to prepare for that everlasting life. Ad-dunya mazra'atul akhirah. The world is a planting field of the hereafter. What a person plants here, that is what he will reap in the hereafter. So in this short life that Allah Ta'ala has given us, we are under a continuous test. The tests are various forms, various manners. We are tested via the deception of nafs and shaitan as well. We are tested in the form of the external things. The dunya is all the time testing us. So Allah wa ta'ala has given us many things that while on the one hand we are in this test, Allah ta'ala hasn't left us without any protection from the various things that test us. Among the very major tests are the tests of nafs and shaitan. And these unseen enemies also Allah Ta'ala has granted us the manner of gaining protection. If a person has an enemy, an external enemy, somebody is after his life, then he has ways to go and protect himself, he'll go and hide somewhere, he'll go and secure himself somewhere, whatever it is. So from these external enemies, there are ways in which he will try and protect himself. What does he do and how does he protect himself from the unseen enemies? The unseen enemies of nafs and shaitan, regarding which in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, Inna shaitan yajri fi ahadikum majrad dam. That shaitan flows in your veins, like how blood flows in your veins. Now such an enemy that has such direct access to us, person has some human enemy, he has so many ways of being alerted that this person is now approaching or he is planning something. But an enemy like shaitan who he cannot even see and has this amount of access to him that yajri fi ahadikum majrad dam that he flows in the body of a person like blood flows. How is going to work? one is going to be able to protect himself from such an enemy? So this too, if that enemy is like this, Allah Ta'ala has granted the kind of protection that will be sufficient for him also. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala says to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, وَقُرْ رَبِّ مِنْ هَمَزَاتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ In the ayat before this, Allah wa ta'ala describes something. Nabi Wasallam was informed or through Nabi Wasallam, the mushrikeen, the kuffar were given warnings of azab, of punishment, various 
places in the Quran Sharif this is mentioned. Allah Ta'ala sounded the warnings that if these kind of things will be done, you will persist in your evil, you will persist in your disbelief, in your rejection of Allah Ta'ala and all the other vices, then these will be the consequences. So Allah Ta'ala described this in many ayat of the Quran Sharif. And in this particular place Allah Ta'ala says that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is beseeching Allah Ta'ala that Imma turiyanni ma yu'adun That oh my Rabb, if you show me, I'll come down. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is beseeching Allah Ta'ala Rabbi imma turiyanni ma yu'adun Ya Allah, if this ever happens that in my lifetime where I am in front of me this azab comes upon the disbelievers, upon the wrongdoers. Rabbi fala taj'alni fil qawmi zalimin. Ya Allah, then you protect me from becoming part of the oppressors. Because in dunya, when the azab comes in dunya, then the azab doesn't only come upon those who are the wrongdoers. When the azab comes in dunya, then it will take everybody in its wrap. Then the person who was upright, who was righteous, who was somebody who feared Allah wa ta'ala, he was not disobeying Allah ta'ala. In dunya, because this is a system of dunya, when it comes, it takes everybody. But then he will be raised on the day of Qiyamah in a way that he will be honored. And whatever befell him in dunya in terms of that difficulty, he will get rewarded on that. But the aspect that to consider is that when the azab comes on the zalimin, on the oppressors, then those who are in the vicinity won't get spared also in dunya. The azab will take everybody. In one hadith, Nabi says that a time will come when an army will proceed and it's, the intention would be to go and destroy the Kaaba Sharif. Can we imagine what an evil intention? And they will be marching in this manner going with this evil intention to go as far as the Kaaba Sharif. They will come to a certain place, certain part of the land which will be totally barren. And as they will be crossing this path, every one of them, the earth will swallow them. Allah will cause the earth to split open, and every last one that is in the army, they will be swallowed up in this earth. So somebody asked me, how will this happen that every single one would get swallowed up? Because what normally happens, and in time, this was the situation, and they will be journey for the army to march, they will be going on foot. On horseback and travel back. So it will take a long time by the time they reach their destination. But in the process, many people will just get along. Somebody would also throw the seat there, but he didn't mention he wanted to do a bar in the Somebody just in order to take money from opportunity to do some business. Now, the whole army is waiting, somebody has to buy something, they need to eat, they need to drink something, they have some other needs. So he took his way along. And he is doing some business on the, on the way. But he is also part of this. But when that Azab comes, then they all will be crossing the piece of land. Now, many didn't have any evil intention. They didn't have any intention of getting involved in any wrong. But when the earth was spread up at that time, every single one will follow So the Sahaba invited the Hakam, these people also. Then they asked them, yes. Because they were the Zalmin. Then to me, Adun Alamiyadim. On the day of Qiyamah, 
Don't even have any evil intention, you will be arrested accordingly. The deal gets saved. All who are part of the deal, Ami, you will get destroyed. But the lesson that we learn in this is, the Rishas Allah is releasing this, mentioning this in the country. The Rishas will always seek me from being with the oppressors, from those who are involved in your disobedience, those who are rejecting you, those who are far away from you. Yata, I don't want to be part of this group. Otherwise, I will also get caught up in that azab when it comes. So this is something to always bear in mind. Often, like the rest of the dunya, unfortunately, dunya becomes the be-all and end-all. person must live and enjoy and carry on with life like this is the be-all and end-all. So therefore, person, whatever can come to his mind to how to enjoy himself in the midst of all the nude masses on the beaches and in the gambling dens and wherever and in any other place on earth, no matter what vices are taking place there, person says, well, it's time to enjoy life. So, everybody is enjoying life, how can I get left out? So now when everything is happening, all the fitna and all the evils and vices and music and intermingling and nudity and whatever else, now person is in the midst of all these things. And Allah forbid, when the azab comes, it won't spare anybody. It won't spare anybody there, like happened unfortunately many years back, not too many years back also, when the tsunamis hit on the 25th of December. When the time when the beaches throughout the world were packed to capacity. And at that time somebody might have been there without any evil intention. He wasn't committing any haram glances anywhere. He wasn't, could be, Allah knows. But it swept up whoever was there. In the hundreds of thousands of people went away. So, Nabi Sallallahu is also making dua to Allah Ta'ala. Rabbi fala tajahani fil qam'al qawmi dhalimeen. Allah Ta'ala further says, وَإِنَّا عَلَىٰ أَنْ مُرِيَكَ مَا نَعِدُهُمْ لَقَادِرُونَ That yes, whenever we want to bring the Nazar, we can bring it. We can even, we have the power to bring it even now. Allah Ta'ala is expressing His Qudrat. That if we wish we can bring the Nazar even now. But this was in the early stages still. Nabi Islam was on the total receiving end of the kuffar. They were persecuting him, they were harming him in every way, harming the Sahaba Ikram. This was still in the early stages. At that time, despite what was going on, Allah Ta'ala still says, It's Whatever is going on, you repel the evil with good. You repel the injustice with justice. You repel the oppression with kindness. You repel somebody else's wrong with right. You repel somebody else's cruelty with compassion. And this was the sword of akhlaq that conquered the hearts of people and brought them to Islam. And the Islam lived by this. On the occasion of Fatih Makkah, the conquest of Makkah, what a major situation this was. People for so long had been persecuting the Nabi 13 years in Makkah Mukarrama, and now another 8 years while he's in Madinah Munawwara, battle after battle, they wouldn't leave the Muslims in peace. So Nabi Salaam had migrated, and now finally came the conquest of Makkah. 
And these are the people who persecuted him, the people who slaughtered his Sahaba, the people who caused the death of his daughter, Hazrat Zainab, the people who caused his Mubarak thief to become Shaheed in Uhud, those who threw that stone on his Mubarak head with the helmet, the links of the helmet went right into his Mubarak head and injured him seriously. All these people who caused so much of harm, so much of zulm, so much of evil, so much of pain, they all at his mercy. And now it would have been just one single command, one instruction, one order, behave all these people. That would have been the end of them. And they had not a single bit of defense. They couldn't defend themselves in any way. They were totally at the least out of mercy. And what do they do at that time? Their only recourse is to plead. Akhun Karim, Wabnu Akhim Karim, you are a noble brother, the son of a noble brother, have mercy on us. So at this crucial time, what is Nabi Sallallahu response? Now, this was all the evil they did. And now the time came for his response. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says, Somebody has cheated you harshly, you return it with good treatment. Somebody has been oppressive, you be just to him. Somebody has been cruel, you be kind. So Nabi Islam, everybody is, is, is at his mercy and his response is La illa My response to you is the same which Yusuf said to his brothers. Which brothers? Those who threw him into the depths of that well. Then when he came out, who sold him off as a slave? Who came and told his father that no, the wolf ate him up. Gave his father so much of grief that out of that grief he lost his sight. And all these hardships that they brought upon him. And after all this long period of hardships, over 40 years, now they are also at his mercy. What is his statement to them? La No revenge against you today. May Allah forgive you. On this occasion of Fatih Makkah also the Bistasim says to all these people in front of him, I will only repeat what my brother Yusuf said to his brothers. No revenge against you today. Go, you are free. So, this is the practical side of this ayat of the Quran Nabi was told that you repel evil with good. This was the time to take revenge. Say, no revenge. Go, you're free. And then after that, Allah says, we are well aware of what these people are saying, how they taunt you, what kind of comments they make, what kind of evil things they say against you. All the things, this, nothing is hidden from Allah. Allah is well aware of everything. But being human, perhaps this might sometimes come with them that now I should take some revenge. Perhaps this might come that I have to take some steps against them. Allah is saying at such a time, then you seek the protection of Allah. When this feeling comes as a human being within you, then you turn to Allah. Oh my Lord, I seek your protection from the whispers of Shaitan. Shaitan is now whispering all this. And wa'udhu bika ayyahdurun. Ya Allah, even seek your protection that the shiatin even come close to me. And 
this is that prescription for the protection against shaitan even at the time of temptation when a person is being tempted towards evil, towards haram to repeatedly recite the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif وَقُلْ رَبِّ أَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ هَمَزَاتِ الشَّيَاطِينَ وَأَعُوذُ بِكَ رَبِّ أَنْ يَحْبُرُونَ and keeping the meaning in mind consciously and with the burden of this Allah Ta'ala will protect the person from these attacks of shaitan so this is in this ayat of the Qur'an Sharif Allah Ta'ala is instructing Nabi Sallallahu to seek his protection ta'awud isti'ala seeking the protection from Allah Ta'ala and if we look into the books of hadith we'll find that among the various du'as that Nabi Sallallahu made they are du'as of isti'ala numerous du'as in fulfilling this command of Allah Ta'ala, there are so many things. Allah, Nabi Sallallahu the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala, closer to Him, who is masoom and sinless, who is divinely protected, and He is seeking protection from a range of things. This seeking of protection of Nabi Sallallahu was, number one, His humility. That despite being told that He is totally forgiven, totally sinless, but He is still so humble in front of Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, I am still seeking your protection. When a person is proud, he becomes fearless. When a person is humble, no matter whether the king told him already, don't worry, everything is fine for you. But he is still so humble that I hope nothing goes wrong. So that was one of the beast humility. And the other was ta'aleem for the ummah, teaching the ummah that if I bring the masum nabi of Allah Ta'ala, I am seeking protection from so many things, what should you be doing? In the various du'as, there are so many du'as of isti'adha, of seeking protection, but just to select some of these things that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi sought protection from. And Allah, Nabi Sallallahu seeking protection from these things, on the one hand, this is a way of teaching us how to make du'a, and what du'as we should be making, what we should be seeking protection from. Otherwise, we also seek protection, and not that we shouldn't, we should seek protection from all these things. But generally the protection we will confine ourselves to seeking protection from from nobody hijacking us, yes we must make seek protection from that, from nobody harming us, our property, etc. by all means, or we might seek protection from the receiver of revenue maybe. So this is where we confine our seeking of protection. But Nabi Sallallahu is teaching us in the hadith that there's so many crucial things to seek the protection of Allah. In one Dua of Nabi Sallallahu seeks protection from what? Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min munkaratil akhlaqi wal a'mali wal ahwa'i wal adwa'a Ya Allah, I seek your protection. Nabi Sallallahu seeking Allah Ta'ala's protection from what? Ya Allah, from evil character. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from evil character. Have we ever made that dua? such a major aspect to seek protection from, evil character. Because evil character destroys a person's amal also. Evil character will destroy a whole night of tahajjud. Evil character will mean that a person now will blurt out anything from his mouth, because he's got no akhlaq. So he won't be concerned about whose heart he breaks, what he says, who he's swearing at, what he's... nothing, doesn't matter to him. So that whole day of fasting and all that reward, he just wrapped it off in one, one statement he makes due to the lack of akhlaq. He blurted something out to his parents that broke their hearts. 
Now that whole night of Tahajjud, that, that whole Tilawah, one khatam, ten khatam of the Quran Sharif, he just destroyed all the Amal. So Nabi Islam is teaching us, don't regard this as a minor thing, this is a very serious thing. Seek Allah for protection. Allahumma inya awdika min muqtaratil akhlaq wal a'mal. Ya Allah, from all evil actions. Because evil actions bring evil consequences. The, as they say, the stick of Allah Ta'ala is unseen. It won't always be possible for us to fathom and to link up that this is the already and this is the consequence. This, is, this came as a result of that action. Allah Ta'ala is most tolerant. Allah Ta'ala is very compassionate, most kind. Allah Ta'ala gives respite. If Allah made a mistake, he earned, he'll make amends, he'll sort it out. Fine, he made a mistake and said something which hurt somebody, but he will just now quickly ask for repentance, he'll sort it out. He'll make amends for whatever wrong happened. Allah Ta'ala gives some respite. But a person fails to take that respite, he fails to make amends despite that respite Allah Ta'ala gave, and then he starts heaping zulm upon zulm, oppression upon oppression, and heat that he continues, and eventually the stick of Allah Ta'ala cracks. And when that cracks, then it's too late now. So Nabi Islam is teaching us, before that happens, sort the akhlaq out. Before that happens, seek Allah Ta'ala's protection, and then a person will seek Allah Ta'ala's protection, together with that, he will make the effort also. Because this is dunya, a person seeks the protection from all kinds of diseases, etc., which is also mentioned in the same Hadith Sharif, in the same Dua. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from all kinds of evil character, from evil actions, from evil desires. Because when a person is overcome by evil desires, these things start controlling him. Then he is like, many times, little children, a small child, when that huge, in India, Pakistan, these things are very commonly seen all the time, they have these huge buffaloes. person sees it for the first time, and foreigners just land there, get a fright just seeing it. But that little child, because that nose ring is in its place, and that string is on the nose ring, so that small child also just carries, pulls it along, and that huge buffalo just follows quietly, because it's now on the nose ring. So it's completely in the control of that small, frail child. If this, forget kicking the child, if it just probably breathes hard enough, it might blow the child away. But it's in the control of the child. Likewise, when these desires, evil desires, haram desires, when a person keeps feeding it, one is those desires start overcoming him, and he keeps feeding it. Feeding it meaning he gives into it. The desire came to do something, it was wrong, but he just went, fine, we'll sort it out later. But what he did was like giving a dog food. Now by giving into the desire, he has fed that dog. So now it's becoming stronger. Now again he fed it. Third time he fed it. And he says later on, in the meantime he is strengthening this dog. And he is starving his soul. Because he's giving into this desire. So he's starving the soul. So the soul is getting weaker every time. And this dog of the nafs and shaitan are getting stronger. Now a time comes when he decides that enough is enough. Now I have to turn the things around. But now he's like a weak little child or whatever weak person trying to fight a strong lion that is now loose. How is he going to overcome this? Then the only way to overcome it is to go to the 
person who is a ranger, the ranger now will be able to subdue this, might be able to tranquilize it in some way or whatever. But now he only is trying to overcome this lion. But in any case, this is what happens, and we start mistaking this lesson in this dua. Seek the protection of Allah Ta'ala from all these evil desires. And what's the dua? All kinds of serious illnesses, all kinds of uh, illnesses that become a major problem, terminal illnesses, etc. Seek Allah Ta'ala's protection, the Bisa is teaching us. Now, a person has some ailment, he doesn't only make dua, he makes dawa also. Dua and dawa. He makes dua also, he undertakes the treatment as well. So, likewise, for all these other things, one is dua, the other is the correct effort. That he is making the correct effort to overcome the evil akhlaq. He is going to somebody to learn what is good akhlaq. And how does one overcome his anger? How does one overcome the haram desires that come? How does one overcome the thirst for revenge? How does one overcome all the other evil qualities in a person? So this is something that now he'll make the effort to learn. He'll make the effort to find out. And he will relate whatever his issues are and take advice and move on. So likewise, in all other aspects of life as well, he will keep finding out, making an effort. Then in one hadith, Nabi Islam seeks protection again. Allahumma Ya Allah, I seek your protection from helplessness. person becomes so ill, he wants to do so many things, he can't do anything. Or in some other way, he becomes incapacitated. Nabi Islam is seeking protection from that. And from laziness, he has all the strength, he has all the ability, but he's so lazy that now he just cannot push himself to do anything. The azan has been called out, but now he's too lazy to wake up. The azan has been called out, but he's too lazy to leave his shop. The azan has been called out, but he can't take himself away from his other engagements and involvements. Laziness sometimes becomes a problem even in dunya, becomes a major problem in deen, becomes a problem even in dunya. So the Bishra is making dua, Allah protect me from this laziness also. In another dua, the Bishra seeks protection, min al-jubni wal-bukhul. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from cowardice. That bravery also is something that's a requirement. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from cowardice. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from miserliness. Because in one hadith, Nabi Islam says there isn't an, an ailment, a malady, a sickness that is greater than the sickness of miserliness. When the sickness of miserliness really creeps into a person, one is the person doesn't have anything. He doesn't have anything, he doesn't have it. That's it, can't blame him for now not being able to spend anything. But when a person, miserliness comes, he will amass anything. But he will even be hard to spend on his own family. He will be very, very difficult to spend on his near and dear ones. He might be in dire, dire states, dire situations. But how to keep turning the numbers, that will be more of an issue for him. And those who will be now in real difficulty, those among his own near and dear ones, that will be a very difficult thing for him to spend anything. So the Bishra is teaching us, that seek protection of Allah Ta'ala from bukhal, from miserliness. Then in another dua, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam makes dua, Allahumma min ya'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa' wa min qalbin la yakhsha wa min nafsin la tashba' wa min dua'in la yustajabullah. 
Ya Allah, I seek your protection from knowledge which does not benefit. Knowledge which does not benefit. What is the knowledge that benefits a person to the extent of dunya in the sense that he gets some kind of benefit by earning his living within the limits of Sharia? That is a skill, it is information that helps him to acquire something well and good. But that too is very, very limited. And then there is certain things which doesn't help a person in dunya. And Akhirat is out of the question. That is all futile. And that could even lead a person to haram as well. So that is totally out of the question. And what is the requirement is, or what it should be aspired for, that knowledge which benefits a person in his being primarily. Benefits him for his Akhirat. That is the real thing. And if it doesn't benefit him, how will that not benefit him? Now sometimes it is knowledge of a dini nature, but it is not beneficial. How? That it is something that he has to now bring into his life, but is not coming to his life. That knowledge is not transforming his akhlaq. That knowledge is not making his amal better. It's not bringing him onto obedience of Allah. Allah. <coughs> that knowledge is not benefiting him. So Nabi Sallallahu is seeking the refuge of Allah from such knowledge. There's an abundance, there's an explosion of knowledge, of information actually. Knowledge, which is the terminology of the Quran and Sunnah, that is a noor from Allah. Imam Shafi Abdullah, he describes it. That knowledge is actually a noor that comes from Allah. And the noor of Allah doesn't come to a person who is disobedient to Allah. So this is the other point now. That a person is seeking knowledge that will benefit, that he will speak it from the right sources. Nowadays everybody seeks knowledge, unfortunately, or many at the press of buttons, don't know where it's coming from, who's dispensing it, what is the authenticity of it, but because it's coming in a very fancy way, it's packaged very well, it's packaged very attractively. So now because of the outer glitter and glamour, person takes it home there. But what is really inside is a different issue altogether. Many times what is inside is fatal poison, one's iman. Fatal poisons. person reads some book, because it was a very, very nicely written book, very fancy writing, well presented. But by the time he finished reading the book, he was harboring enmity for the Sahara By the time he finished reading the book, he had doubts about the existence of Akira. He's questioning the azab of the cover. Can they be light in the grave? Now the whole book was excellent outwardly. They were few passages, few paragraphs that had the poison in it. And Allah, Allah was best, but apparently the whole book was written for that paragraph. The rest of the book was the bait, and this was the hook. The hook is never made visible. The hook is hidden behind the bait. So the rest of the book was the hook, there was a bait, this was the hook in between. Many a person just picked up anything that he could find, lay his hands on, and he put his iman in danger. So to be firstly checking, what am I getting, where am I getting it from, is this the authentic thing? And this poem of Imam Shafi when he says that the nur of Allah Ta'ala is not given to a person who is a sinner, an open sinner, or a person who is disobedient to Allah Ta'ala. So will this nur come via somebody who is far away from deen? person who has no sunnah in his life. 
What is the person's inner self that he is between him and Allah? But we are responsible for judging things on the outer side. A person doesn't have any deen outwardly in his life and his dispensing deeny knowledge is impossible. <coughs> so the Vistas is seeking this protection of Allah. Allah Allah, a heart that is devoid of your fear, may Allah protect me from that. May Allah protect me from that nafs which never gets satisfied. It's referring to the greed of insan. That the greed of insan, that this takes over. Then in the hadith, Hadith Tasum says, if this insan had one valley of gold, he'd be looking at the next valley of gold. How can I get that also? And the only thing that will fill his belly, meaning will satiate him, will be the sand of the grave, where he finally will be laid to rest in the grave. Then now he'll have to stop. So, Rabbi's is seeking this protection, teaching us to seek protection from this grave. And Mamin Dua'i La Yustajabura. Ya Allah, save me from my du'as not being accepted. Protect me that I become such that my du'as are not accepted. Now, what becomes a barrier of the du'as getting accepted? There are many, many things. One of the big barriers is person not concerned about what he eats. Person consuming anything, especially nowadays the culture of eating out, whether there is anything really certified or not, person is not concerned. Many times, person just sees some sign, some Arabic writing somewhere, doesn't even know what's written in Arabic there. But because there is some Arabic writing somewhere, then this is fine. One person was traveling through the free state somewhere, and he stopped by, he came to one place, it was an eating place, so there's one sign there, uh, in Arabic written halal. So in any case, he asked the person, because the person didn't look like a Muslim also, he asked him that, uh, what is this? This is not ticking. He didn't know this is a lucky charm. He said, from the time I put this, there was not even a Muslim, he said, from the time I put this, my business increased. This is a lucky charm. He himself doesn't even know what's written there. Somebody told him, no, this is, must put this here. So whether it is halal, haram, a person is not even checking, not concerned. And then the other part of it is that this eating out culture, even when it is halal also, we cannot have the burger that is of the food at home. Because whose who's eyes are running away? And what would eyes eyes are falling on it? So that's a different issue, nobody is saying that it is haram. But that burger which is in the food that is prepared by somebody who is reciting Bismillah at home, somebody who has brought perhaps just performed this halal and come to cook now, somebody while cooking is even making some tasbih and some rujari now and then, where can that food of the bazaar be cooked by anyone and everyone? And people who are sometimes busy swearing also, they're busy cooking at the same time. That person busy swearing and cooking, and this person reading some tasbih and cooking, how can the food be the same? How can the effect of their cooking be the same? So that barakat obviously cannot be there, and that leaves its own negative effects to whatever extent. But in any case, when haram comes into the system, then in one lengthy hadith, the time is already out, but just to give the crux of it, when the person gives the incident of a person lost, he is very, very in a very critical condition. And now in that critical condition, after a lengthy journey making dua, and he's in such a situation, looks in such a critical condition, Anybody sees him, they feel sorry for him, and he's making dua in this condition, Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. Nabi Islam says, Omar Amuhu Haram, Omar Sharamuhu Haram, Omar Basuhu Haram, Omar Hudiyatul Haram, Fa Anna Yustajabu Nidalik. That he has eaten haram, 
his drink was haram, his clothing from haram sources, his earnings were haram, he was nourished by haram, how can his du'as be accepted? That haram has become a sealed barrier about him. That du'a cannot even go above his head. So this becomes a barrier from a person's du'a getting accepted. Now he's making du'a at Arafat, he's making du'a at Muzdalifah, he's making du'a at the Kaaba Sharif. But if there's haram in that system, where the du'a is going to be accepted? Then another thing that becomes the barrier from du'as is zulm, oppression. In the Hadith Sharif, this is clearly mentioned that a person, oppression, and often our concept of oppression is only something that happens on a, on a state level. Then that is oppression. But often we don't consider how many times we become zalim also. Sometimes by what we say, sometimes by how we conduct ourselves with anyone, with maybe our customers, maybe with our employees, maybe with our own wives and children. Sometimes in our parents we become zalims. So, this becomes a barrier to a person's du'as being accepted. Then another barrier to the du'as being accepted, in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, لَتَأْمُرُنَّ بِالْمَعَرُوفِ وَلَتَنْهُرُنَّ عَنِ الْمُنْكَرِ You must certainly enjoin the right and forbid the evil. Everyone according to his capacity, where his authority is, he has to do this. In a correct way, with diplomacy, with hikmat, with good counsel, with kind words, in an encouraging manner, but this has to happen on an ongoing basis, that a person is enjoying the right, forbidding the evil, in a good manner, in a nice way, in his home, wherever he can. Otherwise, the beast also says, if this stops, if this is not going to happen, then it may be very close that a punishment may overcome you. Summa and then you will turn to Allah Ta'ala in dua and He will not answer your du'as. This zulm will become this uh, omitting of Amar bin Ma'aruf and Nahyan bin Bunkar, forsaking of enjoying the right and forbidding the evil. This will become a barrier from the du'as being accepted. So now every person wants his du'as to be accepted and we do make du'a, but we should be also checking that have I created any barriers to the du'as being accepted. Allah Zubi's when all these du'as is teaching us to seek protection from so many things, to come in the protection of Allah Ta'ala, so that we get saved from the difficulties and the hardships of dunya also, and this is a very small thing. Sometimes it comes, some tests also come, the test comes on those who Allah Ta'ala wants to elevate their ranks, but azab also comes in dunya for those who are, Allah Ta'ala wishes to bring them back onto the line, so that they come back to Allah Ta'ala. They get some kind of little reminder as well, but the real thing is on the day of Qiyamah, that by getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, forsaking all the things and distance away from Allah Ta'ala, a person will be protected from the azab of the hereafter. They will be protected from the azab of the cover, the azab of Jahannam. That is the real thing. So these are the things that we need to bring into our lives. Turn to Allah wa Ta'ala, seek His protection by means of dua, together with that by means of effort as well by going in the right environments, going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala, being in the environments of Deen, in the talks of Deen, going to the ulama, to the Bashayah, the Ahlullah, benefiting from their company, going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala for periods of time so that this imbibes in our heart. In this way, together with this effort and dua, inshallah our lives will turn for the better, we will get the barakat and the blessings of Allah Ta'ala in dunya also, and the real thing is the akhirat, 
الا تبارك وتعالى بس سبحان الله واخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين امي ذكر برشوت وين امي دعاك says a person who says la ilaha illallah hundred times daily Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah what this means is that with the barakat of this daily recitation we get the tawfiq of righteous actions and the tawfiq to remain far away from sins and this will become the means of this great bounty on the day of Qiyamah and saying la ilaha one will bring to mind and imagine that all the things from the heart that are wrong, evil, the filth, the dirt in the heart the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, all the haram temptations, etc. Everything a person has drawn out of his heart and thrown it behind him, thrown it away. And then illallah is this nur that is descending into his heart, which is the nur from Allah Ta'ala's side, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala.
وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين والحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم ثبتنا على الايمان وامتنا على الايمان واحشرنا يوم القيامه مع الايمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب الينا الايمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره الينا الكفر والفسوق والعصيان واجعلنا من الراشدين اله العالمين يا الله ومس مسكل الله مستحيل مسكريشس مسلمين الله اله العالمين ان ديبيا يوموسنفل سيرفنس يا الله يا الله اكنولجينج اول ذا سينز وي هاف كوميتد يا الله لا ذيز نوثينج وي كان هايد فروم يو يا الله يا الله يو نو ايفريثينج ذات وي هاف دان يا الله ايفريثينج وي هاف سبوكن يا الله every thought that has crossed our hearts and minds ya allah ya allah you know of our intentions ya allah ya allah you know the intention of every word that we have spoken ya allah every look of ours what was the intended look ya allah you know about it ya allah ya allah what can we hide from you ya allah ya allah we are def- ya allah definitely your most sinful servants ya allah but ya allah you are most forgiving ya allah ya allah you love forgiving ya allah ya allah we are begging you alone for forgiveness ya allah ya allah forgive all our major and minor sins ya allah ya allah forgive the sins of the day and night ya allah forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly ya allah illahul alamin forgive our families ya allah forgive our relatives and friends ya allah ya allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Ya Allah, show down your maghfirat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show down your rahmat on the ummah, Ya Allah. Show down your blessings on the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the suffering of the ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, grant us halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us barkat in our rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah. يا الله grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah enable us to recite the quran sharif daily ya allah give us the tawfiq of making zikr daily ya allah and enable us to turn to you daily in dua ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah make us a true and obedient servant ya allah allah save us from every haram action ya allah save us from every haram word ya allah allah save us from evil character ya allah allah save us from all the evil traits and qualities ya allah save us from evil actions ya allah allah give us the akhlaq of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us all the good and noble qualities ya Allah Allah fill our hearts with your muhabbat ya Allah fill our hearts with your love ya Allah Allah remove the love of dunya from our hearts ya Allah remove the love of the ego from our hearts ya Allah Allah purify our hearts of all the evils ya Allah Allah remove the pride the malice the jealousy ya Allah Allah remove all the miserliness ya Allah Allah remove all the evils ya Allah Allah grant us the best of dunya and the best of akhirah ya Allah Allah all those who have passed away fill their qabrs with noor ya Allah make their complete maghfirat ya Allah Allah grant them the highest stages in the akhirah ya Allah Allah the time of our death take us with the kalima la ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Allah take us with iman kamil ya Allah Allah take us on tawbah and nasu ya Allah Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah Allah save us from a bad death ya Allah 
Allah save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Allah save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you fill our covers with nur, Ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah give us Jannah to fill those without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those are sick, give them shifai, kamila, ajila, mustamirra. Allah remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Give them complete afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, remove their difficulties, Ya Allah. Allah, whatever problems, hardship, difficulties, worries, depression, anxieties people have, Allah, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, grant happiness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, Allah, grant them the best of dunya and best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you know the unseen, Ya Allah. You know each one's needs, Ya Allah. Allah, remove each one's needs, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All the good that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, begged for, Ya Allah, we are also begging for all the good. Whatever Nabi Islam some sort of refuge from, Allah give us protection as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shadi masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-abi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabihi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbi